Church on Wednesday night. We welcome Passion Church family that's online all the way from Hayward to Pakistan and everywhere in between. So we welcome you tonight. Praise God. It's good for us to come together and, and worship the Lord and uh, just draw from him. Amen. It's good when God's presence is here. There's, a, there's that a corporate anointing where we can come together and just draw. You know, you might be home praying and, and making some progress, but then when you come together, it seems like there's an, there's an enhancement. And God set that up that way, that, you're, that the corporate anointing, that us coming together, being one faith, one heart, one mind, that there's a greater pull. How many of you know when you're, when you're trying to carry something by yourself, man, it's taking a lot out of you, right? Somebody else comes along and gives you a hand or a couple other people, all of a sudden this heavy item is not so heavy anymore. You know, I can, I can get a lot more done when I've got more hands on deck, amen? All those branches in here tonight, kind of rubbing and flowing and God's doing good things, Amen. Hallelujah. Well, tonight, uh, uh, a couple weeks ago, Sister Phyllis was talking about expectation, part two. And uh, that kind of got something stirring in me. And I started thinking about faith. And in 2 Corinthians 4.13, or 1 Corinthians 4.13, Paul said, And since we have the same spirit of faith, According to what is written, I believe, therefore I spoke. We also believe, and therefore we speak. Now, when I look at this particular verse, it's interesting that he calls faith the spirit of faith. So tonight I'd like to talk about the spirit of faith. Now, when you read this particular passage, for me at least, I... My mind goes over to Mark 11, 22 through 24. Because in there, it kind of relates some similarities, right? Because in Mark 11, he, he says, Have faith in God, for assuredly I say to you that whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be removed, be cast into the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. And he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. So I take that particular passage and I a lot of times bring those two together. And there's a lot of similarity there. There's a lot of truth there, right? Because it's, it's not just something that you, you're believing in your heart, but it's something that you're speaking out of your mouth. That, that shows an operation of how your faith works in your life. But where sometimes people kind of get into a rut or maybe into a little bit of air is they look at faith in a mechanical way. Like there's a mechanics to faith. So I've got to say a few things. I've got to make sure I have my confessions. I've got to, you know, I pick something out that I want to change and then I and then I start speaking to it, and, and it almost becomes a routine or kind of a mechanic, a formula. 
and then it doesn't seem to work the way it should. But even though I'm outwardly doing everything that seems like I should be doing, seems like I'm operating according to Mark 11, 22 through 24, I'm not getting the results. The mountains aren't moving. Things aren't happening. So what's interesting with mechanics or a formula is that we have control over that. So if there's certain things that you've, you've done, maybe there's a certain recipe that you know that if you add all these certain ingredients, you're going to create a, a, this tasting dish. Or maybe if there's certain steps that you do to making something, building something, working on something, you do these five steps, you're always automatically guaranteed the results as soon as you're done with the steps. But what's challenging for us is that we don't necessarily know when and we don't necessarily know how God's going to do it. We've done all the steps. We followed the formula. We did the mechanics. But Where's the results? And so it's interesting here is that faith is described as a spirit. So I want us to think a little bit about faith from that standpoint tonight. What is the spirit of faith? A spirit sometimes is referred to in a way which emphasizes his personality or character of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it's referred to in a way which emphasizes his work and his power. But it is never referred to as a depersonalized force. So the spirit of faith is not a force, or a spirit is not a force. The Holy Spirit is not a force, a depersonalized force. Yes, he has force. Yes, he has power, but he's a person. And within that personality, he can manifest certain characters, or he can manifest certain operations. So, for example, when you see somebody that is happy and they're joyous, you go, man, they got a spirit of joy on them. Well, they're manifesting at that time that personality, that character, that trait, if you will, of the Holy Spirit. Or they got a spirit of boldness. Well, it's not like it's a, it's a separate spirit, but it's part of the entity and the person of who the Holy Spirit is. And they've tapped into that. They've been able to allow that part of him to manifest that way in them or through them. And it's interesting sometimes how we go through life and we need certain things. And the Holy Spirit has all of those things that we need. 
and he wants to bring those things forth in our life. It's really his job, and that's really why he was sent here, because Jesus said, you know what? It's more to your advantage. It's more expedient to you that I go away, for if I go not away, the comforter will not come. And even though if you could hog up Jesus all to yourself, you'd be in a good place at all times, only one person would benefit. But now we can all benefit because of the Holy Spirit being in each and every one of us, praise God. That each and every one of us has a personal uh, encounter, personal contact, a personal connection, a personal access. And it just blows my mind away that I can be sitting at home, praying, talking to the Lord, and feel like I'm the only person he's got to talk to. And yet he's talking to all of you. We can all go in separate little rooms and right now. We could all have individual fellowship and the Holy Spirit could manifest to each one of us in a very personal and powerful way. Now it gets hard for us to do that. You know, we, I got three granddaughters that... From one, from one daughter, and when they come over, you know, Grandpa, 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 and I'm like, my head is on a, on a, on a swivel, you know. It's like, I, you know, I can only listen to one at one time. <laughs> and they all want to do something at once, and man, if I could just, like, cut myself into three persons, you know. So you get this part, you get that part, and you get this part. But I can't do that. But the Holy Spirit can do that. And when we need things from him and when we yield to him, then there's things that he can begin to release to us to where it becomes a spirit almost to us. The spirit of joy. The spirit of faith. The spirit of boldness. You know, when it talks about how they chose out seven men full of faith in the Holy Ghost to serve tables. And then Stephen was full of the Holy Ghost and, and he ministered miracles amongst them. Well, he tapped into that, see? And the Spirit could manifest through him that way. And there's so much more for us. And here it talks about faith as a spirit. A spirit is, is a life-giving spirit. It's li it gives life. It's the disposition or influence which fills and governs the soul of anyone. The efficient source of any power, affection, emotion, desire, etc. So, for example, in John 16, 13, Jesus said, However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but at whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me. He will take of what is mine and declare it or reveal it or show it or manifest it to you. And all things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said, he will take of mine and declare it to you. So here, the Holy Spirit, part of his job is to take these things and manifest to us, right? And because of that, then he's identified as the spirit of truth. And that truth is really the spirit of, it, it really means reality. What is reality? You know, sometimes people live in a very different reality. 
And you're like, where are you? But all of a sudden, something gets in their mind, gets in their head, gets in their thoughts, and they, they start to perceive things. They start to think this is this way or that way, and all of a sudden, they're in this whole other world. And it's not even real. But to them, it's very real. And that's how powerful the mind can be influenced. Well, if people can come into those worlds, how much more can we, through the power of the Holy Spirit, walk in God's world? Amen? Amen. To walk in his reality. To walk in his... You see, when Jesus would do things, he was in that reality. He was in that realm. So when he looked at something, you know, when, it, when for example, when somebody came to him and he knew that the power of the Holy Spirit was there and the power was there to heal, he wouldn't, many times he wouldn't even pray over them. He would just say, get up and walk. What was he doing? He was speaking reality from that realm of reality that he was living in that he was dwelling in, that he was operating in. He was speaking from that and releasing that right then and there. And because it was so real to him, it was a spirit of faith. He operated in that spirit of faith. And so when the Holy Spirit comes, he's not just a knowledge. He's not just an understanding. He's not a philosophy. As a spirit of truth, like I said, he, he brings us into what is real, what is reality. So when you come home, for example, and you walk into your house, you know where the, you know where the, the layout of the house is. You know where the counters are, the doors are, the bathroom is. You, it's all, you know, you don't have to like, okay, I'm going to confess there's a bathroom right there. I'm believing there's a bathroom right there because I got to go to the bathroom. So I'm going to believe that when I get home, there's going to be a bathroom right over there. But the reality is the bathroom's already there. So you're just acknowledging that's already there. It's already there. See, sometimes with, with faith, the mechanics, we try to put the cart before the horse. We're trying to say, well, okay, I'm just going to call those things that are not as though they are. And yes, there is a principle in the sense to that. But if it's not in here first, if it's not a reality in here, you can talk all you want, but it, it's not going to be there. But even though you've got the mechanics right, the mechanics are, I'm, I'm saying it right to the T. I, I I've written, I wrote it out. It's a perfect confession. It's absolutely perfect. But if it's, it's got to be reality here. And that's why it's called the spirit of faith. Because it is a spirit. It is a spiritual realm. It is a reality realm that you walk in, that you, you operate in. And so a lot of times where we have a struggle in this is that we have filters that, we are, that are trying to hinder us from being able to see the reality of those things. Those filters are, are 
ideas or unbelief, there's preconceived, whatever it is, preconceived ideas or experiences that have affected us a certain way that, that become, that they're reality to us. And the Holy Spirit has to change that reality and conform it to the reality of the kingdom of God. And so that's where our, that's where our, our day in and day out struggle is. That's why we, that's why we pray. That's why we, we fast. That's why we read the scripture. That's why we meditate on things. Because we're, we're trying to change the way we think. We're trying to remove those barriers, remove those filters, remove those hindrances. When, when Jesus sent out his disciples and they were going out and they were healing people, and a lot of people were getting healed through them. But then they, this man came up to him and said, I have this boy, and he, he, he goes into a lunatic rage, and he throws himself in the fire, and I, I don't know what to do. And, and so they prayed over him. They prayed over him the same way they prayed over everybody else. And everybody else got healed, but not this boy. And so they stopped. They said, well, can't win them all. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. But the f And so this man now, he's, you know, he, he's like, it didn't work for me. I, I went to them. Everybody else went to them. didn't work for me. So he goes to Jesus, and he says, Jesus, I brought them to your disciples. And they could not deliver him. And Jesus said, well, I'll take care of it in a nutshell. I'll take care of it. Just believe. But because of that experience, now there's a filter. There's this barrier. And when Jesus said, just believe, what did he say? Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Thank you, Lord, that you're merciful to work with us. In those areas. It's not, you know, again, that spirit of faith is, it's not cut and dry. It's not like, okay, you, you know, if you don't have faith, sorry, done. I'll work with you. I'll get you there. Because it's a life. I'll get you there. I'll work with you. You know, when Jesus, when, when Peter stepped out of the boat, you know, he, 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 he could put one foot out first. You know, he still had one foot in the boat, but he had one foot on the water. And like, hey, this water's feeling kind of hard. Now I can take, I can put all my weight on it and begin to go. He didn't jump out of the boat. He walked out. And that's that spirit of faith that works with us. And so here, this man got a filter of unbelief. And it hindered him. And those are the things like you were sharing the last time. It's not that we don't faith is a nature that we have in Christ and the thing that we have to always continue to protect ourselves against is unbelief because unbelief will quench a spirit of faith but here the Holy Spirit leads us into these truths in other words he takes us into a place where the eyes of our understanding is enlightened where we can see the Father and the Son in a very intimate way, where their presence can become a reality that we live in and live through. It's an encounter with the Spirit of truth to where our minds are renewed with truth 
And it begins to manifest that reality to us. And that spirit of faith gives us such a strength that it sustains us. When you look at these particular verses in, in 1 Corinthians 4.13, in the contents of what it's saying, in verse 7, Paul says, But we have this treasure in an earthen vessel, that the excellence of the power may be of God, but not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. You know, he went through that a lot. Wherever he went, trials, and tribulations, things were always pressing against him. You know that feeling that you're trying to do this, you're trying to do that, this is happening, that's happening, and you just feel like it's just every time you turn, something is just hitting you in the face, blindsiding you, just stopping you in your tracks. And Paul, you know, he could feel that, and he experienced that, but because he was operating in the spirit of faith, he said, I'm not crushed. I'm not crushed. Yeah, it's hitting me. It's whacking me one. But it's not crushing me. It's bouncing off of me. It isn't stopping me. It isn't knocking me out. You know, you ever see those guys do those slap contests? <laughs> Man, you know, what he gets them just right. That guy is out. He just, you know. Paul says, the devil's hitting me. Whack. Yeah, I feel it. But it isn't crushing me. Because I'm in this spirit of faith. We are perplexed. But not in despair. You know, we... Sometimes we don't know exactly what's going on. How is this going to work out? Everything looks like it's going against us. Everything is coming in the opposite way. Everything we prayed for, it's not happening. It looks like the doors are shutting, and this is happening, and that is happening, and it's, everything is opposite, and it's perplexing. But we're not in despair. We're not in a place of despair. We're not throwing in the towel. We're not worried. We're not saying it's over, it's done, I'm finished, this isn't going to work out. Oh, God, help us. We're done. We're toast. I'm not in that place because that spirit of faith, it's sustaining us. It's keeping us because I know in my heart that no matter what happens, all things work together for the good to them that love God. Oh, it doesn't feel good. doesn't look good. But it's working for the good. God's doing something here, and it's working for the good. It's all going to work out for the good. I wish it would happen right now, but it may take a little longer. It may take a week. It may take a month. It may take a year. It may take 10, ten years. We just don't know. But we do know this. We, we can choose how long we want to walk around the mountain. Or in the wilderness, right? It can be 11 days or 40 years. But we can choose that according to the spirit of faith. And then he goes on to say, we are forsaken, struck down, persecuted. 
I mean, that's a rough, that's a rough day right there. All of this is coming against us. Persecution. Things are we're being, we're being hammered. We're being hit with this, hit, hit with that. But what does he say then? He says, but not destroyed. We're not destroyed. This isn't going to destroy us. You know, how many times we, we, we love those stories about people's success, right? They had, God speaks to them, gives them a vision, gives them a dream, and they start to pursue it, and then all hell breaks out. Everything comes against them. They're on the brink of bankruptcy, foreclosure. Their health is just about at the end of its life, if you will. All these different things come against them. And then God steps in, turns that thing around. And then all of a sudden you look at that and you go, no, no way. How could something so great come out of all that despair, all that ruin, all that that looks like everything was about to fall apart? Well, see, it was that spirit of faith that sustained them. Because that that's what Paul said. I'm going through all these things, but they're not taking me out. And he says, I'm always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our body. See, when you're going through things and you just feel like you're just dying, you're going through the ringer. The enemy's hitting you every which way. There's a manifestation of the life of Jesus that's right there, simultaneously at work. And Paul knew that. And so that's what he grabbed a hold of. So he said, for we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. And then he goes on to say, and we having the same spirit of faith. Same spirit of faith. And in that spirit of faith, that's actually a quote that comes out of Psalms 116. And in that particular uh, passage, in Psalms 116, I'm not going to go there now, but just jot it down and look at it. But again, the psalmist is just going through. His life is in danger. He's almost dead, and, and God's just coming through, and he's crying out to the Lord, and God's coming through, and he's going through this, and he reaches out to God, and God helps him. And he says right in the midst of all of that, that very quote, I believed, and therefore I spoke. And so that spirit of faith is what sustains us in these things. See, the mechanics of faith doesn't sustain us. The formula of faith doesn't sustain us. But it's the spirit of faith. That's what sustains us. That's what keeps us going all the way. And a lot of times we, we, we develop the formulas 
But unless we really tap into that spirit of faith, which is really the reality, the reality of what it is that we're believing for. And how do you know it's real? How do you know you've come to that point of reality? How do you know that you finally, you know, it's there? And it really has a lot to do with what you see. What's the image on the inside of you? Because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You know, and that's how the devil, he knows that, so he tries to put different imaginations. He's throwing all kinds of imaginations in our society because he wants people to think a certain way. He wants them to act a certain way. He wants them to do certain things. So he's throwing out images, and he uses the media to do that all day long to try to change what people think and see and do because he knows if he can capture the mind, he can capture the people because that's how God created us. But when we have the imagination of the Lord and the things that he says, and that becomes the reality, and that's what we see, and that's what we identify with, and that's what we connect with. See, that's where the spirit of faith is, because that's the reality of it. And so in the spirit of faith, there's a relationship. It's not a mechanic, but it's a relationship. It's a fellowship with the Lord in this particular area about this thing. This is what he's doing, and he's speaking that to you, and it's real to you, and he's, he's talking to you about it, and you're, you're picturing it on the inside, and you're seeing it develop, and you're seeing it manifest already on the inside of you. Paul said this, he said in, in Galatians 2.20, he said, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So in his walk with the Lord, this is what helped Paul to be able to do what he did. Because to be honest with you, it, I sometimes try to wrap my head around. I try to say, okay, could I live the life that Paul lived? Could I make the sacrifices that Paul made? Could I face the obstacles, the challenges, the requirements, the responsibilities that Paul did daily? Could I do that? And I realize as I read about his life, it's like, that's a tall, <laughs> that's a tall order. <laughs> I mean, how many of us have sacrificed the way he did? But how did he do that? He did it like he, Galatians 2.20. I'm dead. That me, that, that me that wants this, that wants comfort, that wants to do it my way, is dead and I'm totally engulfed in doing it his way and because I've I've made this decision and I've I've crossed this road and I've settled this in my heart now I live by his faith that's like faith on steroids 
That's faith at a level that has no limitations, right? No boundaries. See, our faith, we've, we've got that spirit of faith in us. But we just got to get those filters out of the way. And so Paul learned a key. He says, I'm just going to live a life crucified because I am crucified. My life has been crucified with Christ. See, that's the thing. You know, we, we go on the cross. We get motivated. We just like, Lord, I'm yielding all to you. I'm surrendering all. We, we put ourselves on that cross. We say, Jesus, I'm, I'm dead to myself. But then, you know, three hours later, next day, Something hits our mind. Well, you know, I'm just going to meander off the cross for a little while and kind of do my own thing for a little while. Kind of exact my own pleasures for a little while. But it hinders that spirit of faith from being able to operate because we're in the flesh. Because it is a spiritual thing. It's a spiritual nature in us, but it needs to flow in the spirit in order to continue to operate. In Acts 3, we read the story about how Peter and John were going to the temple, and this guy was begging for alms, and he said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give unto thee. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Grabs a man, pulls him up. The man immediately receives strength in his legs. He's jumping around. He's praising God. Everybody's excited. They're just enamored with this miracle because it's just like, you know, this was one of those guys, like, you probably walk past him and go, man, can anything heal him? Right? It's kind of, it, it, when you think about all of the healings that happened all around this guy for so many years, Jesus probably walked past him. The disciples walked past him. I mean, nobody healed this guy. He was just kind of like, you know, the, un, the untouchable person. You just can't, you don't want to really try to heal him because you just don't know if it's going to work on this guy. <laughs> there was something about him being healed that really got everybody, like, wowed. So much so that when they were looking at Peter and John, they were like, Man, you guys are the special cat's meow. You got the connection with God that nobody else has. You've got it. What, what do you got? But I love what Peter said. He chastised them in a sense, and then he said, this man is healed through faith in his name. And his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. In other words, that faith of Jesus was manifesting in them. That spirit of faith manifested through them. You know, they, they walked past him. I'm sure they had the thought, maybe I should pray for this guy. 
Maybe I should pray for this guy. But that day, that, that spirit of faith said, here's what you need to do. And he, the guy was just begging randomly. And the Bible says they stared at him. They gazed at him. Why? Because that spirit of faith was rising up and it was saying, today, today this is going to happen. It's going to happen right now. That man's not going to be begging anymore. Those days of begging are over for this man. It's going to end. It's going to change. It's going to happen right here, right now. Praise God. Amen. How many are ready for that? Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. But because they were walking in that spirit of faith, see, that spirit of faith can believe for anything, right? Because with God, all things are possible, and all things are possible to them that believe. So that spirit of faith has, just has no limit. Whatever, it, whatever it's directed to do, it's going to believe God for. Something's going to happen. And so they were just yielded. They were just in the spirit. They were connected with, with the Lord in this. And the thing is, is that spirit of faith, you know, when Jesus was here, he said, I only do the things my father shows me. So what was he doing? He was in that reality of, of truth. The spirit of truth took him into the reality of what the kingdom of God is like. And all he was doing was operating in the kingdom of God. That's all he was doing. When you go to heaven, are you going to see people in wheelchairs? You're not. There's going to be a lot of things very different in heaven. And so when Jesus was down here, he would see that kingdom manifesting. And then he would do those works, the works that my father do, I do also. So that same spirit of faith that operated in Jesus, that how he operated here while he was on the earth is in us. It's that same spirit of faith. It's not a formula. It's not a mechanic. It's not a routine. It's not a ritual. It's a spirit. And so when we yield to that, it can flow in us. But see, the problem is sometimes we don't want to yield to it. Sometimes our head gets in the way. Sometimes our thoughts get in the way. You're, you're kind of experiencing that more and more as you're operating in the gifts of healing and word of knowledge. It's just becoming more and more easier. Did it start that way? No. Sometimes you felt like you were priming a pump, right? Afraid you're going to miss it? But as you're, as you're walking in it, that spirit of faith has more freedom. There's more liberty. And you're, you're really, what, you're, what you've done is you just kind of got out of the way. You're like, okay, whatever, you know, the Lord wants to do this, say this, speak this. Okay. Our problem is we, we want to reason it out first. We want to take that moment of hesitation. 
is this, did I hear from God? Was that the Holy Spirit? And because we have to develop it, it's a sense that we develop. Walking in the Spirit is a very powerful, real thing, but it's a sense. You know, for example, if, if you were, if you didn't speak, now you're 35 years old. You have never spoken in your life. And all of a sudden, God heals you and you can speak. Well, then there's a development of that sense of the, how do you speak. You might start, I, I can talk, I, I can talk. You know, you may not be able to pronounce your words real good. There might need some development in that sense. And it's the same thing in the spiritual senses. Some of these things are there, but we just have to exercise them. Exercise them. That spirit of faith working just to exercise that. You know, when you sat down too long and you get up, you're not running right away. I mean, I used to be able to do that as a, as a kid. But nowadays it's kind of a, you know, it's kind of a, got to straighten out the bones and <laughs> loosen the muscles. <laughs> That's how some of these things work in the spiritual realm too. But we got to exercise it. But here in Hebrews 10, 38 through 39, he says, Now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not those who draw back to perdition, but those who believe to the saving of the soul. It's interesting how if a person draws back from faith, how it grieves the heart of the Father. You know, sometimes we, we handle faith kind of like a tool. You know, if you, if you ever see a guy with his tools, you know, he's got the hammer and the wrench and screwdriver, and sometimes he just throws them down. Sometimes, you know, he doesn't gently put them down. You know, he's kind of rough with his tools a little bit. But, you know, there's, there's, there's a certain respect with the spirit of faith. It's not one of these things where, you know, you just kind of turn it on and off. You should, God doesn't want us to just kind of turn it on and off. He wants us to embrace it. He wants us to honor it. He wants us to respect it. And, and when he's prompting us to do things, to be obedient in that. Because if he's telling us and he's speaking to us and he's moving on us and we're saying no, 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 it grieves him because it's a spirit. It's the spirit of faith. His soul has no pleasure in that. So as you're walking in faith, what it, then the opposite. It says in Hebrews, next chapter, without faith it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God and believes that he is and he's a rewarder of them, and knows that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That pleases him. So on the other hand, when we're operating in faith, it's very pleasing to God. Because, A, he knows you're, you're going against the natural grain of your, of your outward, you know, outward appearances and outward circumstances. You're going against your own self-will. You're dying to yourself. Sometimes when you're going out, you're dying to yourself. When you're obeying in faith. But it brings ple pleasure to God because he knows that you're surrendering to him. 
And so there's pleasure there. There's delight in that. I think about Joshua and Caleb. It says in Numbers 14, 22, this is after, after they had the debacle, after they said, no, we can't go in there, that we're grasshoppers, they're giants, they're going to take us out, we can't do it. And everybody then is just bummed, but God's speaking to Moses, and he's saying, okay, here's what's going to happen, here's how it's all going to come down. Because all these men who had seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and have put me to test now these ten times and have not heeded my voice, they certainly shall not see the land which I swear unto their fathers, nor shall any of those who rejected me see it. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him, and has followed me fully, I will bring him into the land where he went, and his descendants shall inherit it. See, he had that spirit of faith. He, he cultivated it. He nurtured it. It, was a, it wasn't just a tool to him. It just wasn't a mechanic, but it was a it was something that was very precious. It was something that meant a lot to him. It's something that he, he nurtured in his life and he took care of it. You know, it's like, like a mother with a child, if you will. You know, she nurtures that child. She, she embraces that child. She protects that child. She wants that child to grow. She's doing all these things to help that child to become strong in her life. And that's how the spirit of faith, God wants us to handle that. Because it's, it's part of our nature. It's who he made us to be. So, Father, we thank you for the spirit of faith. We thank you, Lord, that it's in us, that it's our nature. But, Lord, it's a spirit. It's a manifestation of you operating through the Holy Spirit, working in us individually. So, Lord, we thank you for that, that it's greater, that it's stronger than the natural realm around us, like Paul said, we don't look at the things that are the outward things, but we look at the eternal things through that spirit of faith. And so, Lord, I thank you for that, that you've given us that spirit of faith. Help us to continue to embrace it. Help us to continue to walk with it. Help us, Lord, to allow the spirit of faith to manifest and work through us. Through the hard times, through the challenges, to obedience, to sacrifice, to duty, to service. Lord, help us to flow with that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God.